I want to send a special message out to my daughter, who is, of course, not listening to this, because why would she listen to her father's really long podcast series? But we dropped her off at college this past Monday, and it was, of course, heart-wrenching. But I'm very excited for her and wish her the best of luck. At the age of 18, she's already written 100,000 words plus and is well on her way to exceeding her father as a writer. I have no doubt, and I can't wait to read the stories she writes. You can support this podcast by buying a copy of The Force of Destiny by me, Eric Kent Edstrom. It's available on Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Apple, also available in paperback. And if you are enjoying this series, please leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Chapter 40. The Hateful Crown The effect was instant, and it made her vision swim. Quinn caught her head before it struck the table. Jean supported Henley. The first thing Kyla noticed was the cold. She had never been so chilled. The second was Nax's presence. The cat was already in her arms, and now the bond bloomed in her heart. Arms shaking, lips quivering from cold and joy, she held the cat close. The final thing she noticed was she was still blocked from her own Marcusine power. Quinn's arm was wrapped around her shoulder, and a round-faced sensual was saying something. The word sounded like sly. My name is Sai, Kyla said weakly. Kyla Sai. The woman was shaking her head and pointing to the floor. Kyla leaned forward and finally understood. There was a young woman there, as blue as Kyla had been. The sensual wanted Kyla to save Novitiate Sly. I I can't, she said through chattering teeth. Fafle still has my power. Can't you too? The sensual waved a finger back and forth between Kyla and Henley. Henley's face was wan, and he appeared unable to support himself without Jean's help. Kyla hadn't the slightest idea how to accomplish the joining feat, and Henley did not appear to have the strength remaining to do it again. But that was irrelevant for she would not do that again, not if it meant she must separate from Nax. Teach me, then, the sensual said. The swirling technique. She cupped her hand in imitation of what Kyla had done just moments before. You you don't need to heal any wound. That's not necessary. Can you form a ward? Sensual Min smiled. That's my specialty. What senses in what proportions? Sensual Harrison Min. Had the woman curtsied just now? Odd. No sensual had ever shown Kyla the slightest deference, not that she'd thought she'd ever deserved it. Sensual Min, the, the shad line is infused with a perpetual bolt of persistence. The bone chill lies in wait for any intrusion, and so it will lash out to grasp you, too. A ward bolted with despair will negate it. 
The woman's face turned gray at Kyla's words. She licked her lips and looked at the novitiates and sensuals around her. The Donesmaster, Dunquiv, was eyeing Kyla and the frozen novitiate with a peculiar cunning. Demainic, Marcus, the woman breathed. I, I couldn't. Then free me from Flay's Mercus noose and I'll do it. But hurry, she won't last long. The sensual pressed her palms on her skirts, visibly trying to collect herself for the task ahead. None of the others stepped forward to volunteer. Kyla wondered how much of what she'd said made sense to Dun Quiv. The other Donesmaster scowled in utter disapproval. But what could be expected of such men? Their entire world had been built on denying others what they hoarded away for themselves. Kyla felt no fear of them now. She felt nothing but contempt. Sensual men beckoned to her sisters and murmured instructions to them. Each was still accepting flows of mercasine from teams far away, though they did not draw upon it. Now they began to, focusing all they received to Sen's men. It was a stunning display all by itself. Kyla was no expert on how such things worked, but the implications were astounding. If Mercus could be aggregated in this manner over long distances, then who knew what manner of feats could be accomplished? Sin's men bent over novitiate sly. Kyla smelled the usual charms forming around the woman. Sweet florals and calming chimes blended with warmth and the sense of having one's hair gently stroked. It was a charm, but it wouldn't be useful for poor Sly. Kyla supposed it was for those watching, especially the Donesmasters, who the woman likely mistrusted. Savvy, Kyla acknowledged. Sin's men would be vulnerable attempting this feat, and if Dunquiv decided to attack, she would not be able to defend herself. Quiv was smiling, and the other Donesmaster had lost his sourness. A mighty charm indeed. Even Kyla felt herself relaxing, letting go of the cold and the fear of the trauma she'd endured. Abruptly, Sin's men formed the ward, quite skillfully for one who had not played with the Mercosine realm of the emotions. To produce despair, one had to have felt it before. And then Novitiate Sly was coughing and sitting up. The bone chill was banished and her life returned. Sin's men slumped and herself needed the other women to assist her. But she shrugged them off. Dunquiv, will you help us remove Flay's force tap on this girl? His lips quirked and the charm smile faded. He merely blinked at Sen's men. Catching the breeze of the conversation, Quinn spun on the man, black flashing. She mouthed a threat. That's enough, Quinn Pauline, Sen's men barked. Master your blade or be gone. Not every disagreement can be resolved with violence. Quinn muttered something nobody could hear. She caught herself, once again, on the verge of a reckless act. Slowly, as if she weren't in complete control of her limbs, she returned black to its sheath. And then, to Kyla's amazement, she unbuckled it and set it on the table next to Kyla. Take it. Don't give it back until you think it time.
Relieved of this strange burden, Quinn turned again to Dunquiv. Her hair had begun to dry, though it was caked with ash mud. She shook it out and moved close to him, hands clasped. The smile that spread her lips was magnificent, a mimicry of her mother's. It was a courtier's smile, containing promises and falsehoods, intrigue and threat. Dun Quiv, do you believe Flay a man of character? I do not think on such things. Do you believe his aims are righteous? My role is to discover things, communicate things, and to advise. And do you think it would be a betrayal to free Kyla from his force tap? I think it would be precipitous, and in a storm such as this, who knows what doom might fall from the sky and strike me dead. Kyla didn't follow that part. The word precipitous sounded like a tin skillet word that father would use. She wasn't familiar with it, but she could read faces, and Quiv had just revealed that he didn't believe in anything. There was no loyalty to Flay. He served his own interests. Kyla respected that, but a way to sever Flay's tap without his help occurred to her. So simple, so terrible. Where is my backpack? They found it with Penny, who huddled forgotten in the shadows. The girl had fallen asleep, arms curled around the backpack. A sorrier sight had never been seen. Like a fabled mudlin, not a single speck of her but wasn't coated with ash mud. When Jeanne tugged the backpack from her arms, it appeared green gems appeared amidst the mass of sludge. She had opened her eyes. They did not lock on Jeanne or onto anything. She looked past him. This is Kyla's. You can't take it. I'm here, Kyla called. Penny released it. Jeanne brought it to her. His jaw was tight, eyes cold. He looked like a man bound by promises he no longer believed in. She took the backpack and dug out the vazan, the hateful crown. At the sight of it, Sensual Min's head thrust forward and her eyes bulged with indignation. How did you come by that? That relic was stored in the library vault. No one but the voluptuary herself is allowed to touch such things. Kyla turned the crown this way and that, studying the tap screws and gems. Once she had gotten it aligned, she set it on her head. Only a Merculin can affix it, Sen's Min said. It will not restore your power. You think I don't know that? I cannot believe you withheld that from the way of Till, Dunquiv said to Min, marveling at the Vazan. Ignoring Quinn's threatening posture, he moved closer, careful to keep his hands clasped non-threateningly behind his back. Kyla had no fear of him. Someone, anyone, bolt me in. When no one moved to help, she pushed from the table and tottered on her bare feet. Kills beans was she tired. I've worn this hat before. After the shriving, that old bird fine played with me for a while. Just remembering that caused her head to ache. Shriving, you say? Sin's men said, voice cracking. They shrove you? Yes, yes, the urn with the boiling water. Then they tapped this on my skull and had a round of fun with it. Are you going to help me or not? 
Quiv was studying them both very closely, calculation in his eyes. He didn't move to intercede. But he was the first to understand why Kyla was asking to have the Vazan placed on her head. A better solution, all things considered, he said. I'll do it. And he did. Cut him if he claims my Marcus, she said to Jean as the stabs of pain thrust into the seven points on her skull. Falling back onto the table, she lost her senses momentarily as the taps pierced into her brain and the Mercus power of the Vazan laid claim to her. The spell passed and she regained her feet. Since nobody was controlling her through the Vazan, she wasn't paralyzed. The Mercus flay had been pulling from her abruptly stopped as his force tap was destroyed by the relic. His presence was very distant now, but she could feel the Mercus fully. It was hers, her own power, just beyond the glass that the Vazan placed between her and touching it. Remove it, she commanded. Dunquiv hesitated only a moment. Surely he knew how much power he could draw from her if he merely reached for it. But such a decision would also be precipitous, and he struck Kyla as the type of man who liked to keep many options open for as long as he could. With an arched brow and slight smile, he touched the gems. Again the pain, and again the final release. She removed it with her own hands, shook the blood from the tips of the screws. Quiv eyed the relic with something that wasn't quite hunger, but desire nonetheless. Kyla gave the Vazan to Sen's men. Use it on Dun Eples now, and I think we can all agree it best if we'd not remove it. Now Dun Quiv did object. It will be too great a temptation to let him remain alive wearing that thing. Any Merculin could tap his power. Then the Vazan must be warded, somehow. Looking to Sen's men, she raised an eyebrow. You are skilled with wards. Surely you can manage something. But she will have access to him. Quiv whined, and it was more of a whine than an objection. The other don'ts master, Dun Mackle, had moved forward, his mouth opening and closing as he tried to form an argument. Kyla glared at them and brought into existence a bright white light that hung above the assembled Merculans. I trust Sin's men more than I do any of you Tills boys. I suggest you accustom yourself to that fact. She sounded a little too much like Quinn just there. Ah, well, it worked. The men backed into the little gallery. Sin's men placed the Vazan on Don Yeeple's head. Kyla went to the man. He looked so frail now. She frowned, recalling the malice he'd radiated like light. Hatred. Righteous hatred. The evil of the Donesmasters was no surprise to her. They were corrupt. The Hargath had been particularly vile, twisted as he was by his insatiable thirst for power. Had he been here, she wondered what he might have done to claim Ebel's power for himself. But Don's masters were just men. Some, she supposed, even believed in Till. And nowhere in her experience had a Don's master taught hatred in such a pure form as she'd felt from Ebel's. Intolerance, yes. The way of Till had innumerable rules for how men and women were supposed to live and comport themselves, most of it was designed to deliver coin into each abbey's coffers. But what Eeples had demonstrated did not align with mere corruption or simple greed. Something else had seeped into the man's heart, 
All this time she believed that she had unlocked his hate. But what if that black hate had already been there? I feel sorry for him, Henley said. He stood next to her, swaying. She put an arm around his waist. They were of a height now. When had that happened? She was a year or two older than he, but his face, his eyes, had the hollow look of someone who has endured and seen too many horrors for a single life. I don't think he's Eeples anymore, she said. The Vazan taps went in. The man did not waken. His only reaction was to inhale sharply, but soon his breathing returned to its unsteady cadence. The power surging from him to flay cut off. Kyla smiled, imagining the fool out there in the storm, reveling in his godlike glow, suddenly severed from it. She hoped he'd been trying her hovering trick at the time. Someone ran into the tower from outside, a young man in sensual's robes, wearing an oil cloak. His hair was plastered to his head. Eyes wide, he skittered to a stop, taking in the strange tableau of the Great Hall of Kill. Sins men! There were runners from Garden Tower. They've survivors buried deep in the rubble, but no one has the strength to lift the debris. Paul's fifth is empty, ma'am. The coin moved us to the Vale, Henley said. They are sheltering from the storm in a cave. Flay is surely going there. We're too exhausted to walk, most of us, Sensmen said. Even if we could, it would be a half-day's trek. Release the source tap teams from Ori's home to help dig them out. Yes, Sensual, but... Go on. Most of those Merculans were unconscious when I left. They had just collapsed when the main battle had ended. Some of the hellers they were given seemed unwilling to release. The woman was exhausted, but she had her responsibilities. And she had a sense of duty. Those were Till's boys buried in the tower, yet she felt compelled to help them. To Kyla it was as admirable as it was strange. Dun Quiv was arguing with Dun Mackle, who was intent on waiting for Highest Flay to return. In the end, Quiv won. Sensual men organized her people. Novitiate Sly had difficulty standing. Leave her with us, Kyla said. Henley and Penny will stay with me, too. You mean to stay in this ruin? Quiv asked. Surely the garden tower would be. You'll be looking for shelter there, Kyla said. No doubt the sensuals will offer the hospitality you deserve. But I'm not moving an inch until I've slept and eaten and warmed myself to my bones. She held her gaze for a beat longer, not challenging, just searching. Sensual Min shook her head and raised her hands in surrender. Smart woman. Leave Dunyeeples here, Kyla said. Place a ward if you must. Sensual men spent less than a minute constructing the ward. Kyla paid it no attention at all. She had no desire to access Eeple's power, and she knew Henley didn't either. Before they all departed, Sen's men brought Kyla and Quiv together. We must talk, all of us, soon. The fell storm is weakening already. Perhaps tomorrow. And what shall we discuss? Dun Quiv asked. Assuming that Highest Flay has survived, we must decide what to do with him. Dun Quiv looked to where Bone Chill still lay where Kyla had dropped it. Kyla knew he wanted it. She shook her head 
ever so slightly. He shrugged. Very well. Let's see who we can rescue from the tower. We can convene there in a day or two. You can come here. Carla turned away from them and didn't look back until the great iron-bound entry door boomed shut. The echoes went on and on. <laughs>